This episode of Vergecast is brought to you by the Audi e-tron. The electric car has always raised questions. Can it contend with the elements? What's the range? With high-speed charging, long-range capabilities, and quattro all-wheel drive, the fully electric Audi e-tron can be the answer. Visit AudiUSA.com slash e-tron to learn more and stay informed. Hello, and welcome to Vergecast, the flagship podcast of The Verge and also Vox Media. I got to tell you, I read some copy that other Vox Media podcasts might have to say, and they definitely have them saying that we're the flagship. <laughs> I, think this, I think this joke is starting to get out of control. <laughs> anyway, I'm your friend, Neli. Paul is here. Hi, Paul. Hello. Dieter Bone. Hi, how's it going? Tell him. Tell him how you feel about him. I'm your, te- I'm, your, I'm your tech patron. Oh, tech patron? That, that yeah. just sounds like you work oh. at TechSurf. <laughs> you, you, I'd like a 64-gig iPod, please. <laughs> There's a lot going on this week. Apple stuff yeah. leaking all over the place. Google stuff leaking, too. Google stuff leaking. IFA's going on. There's all kinds of laptops going on. Dieter just wrote the words, old man yells at cloud here, so we're going to get into that. <laughs> I want to start by just plugging something we did this week, which I'm very proud of doing. Sarah Jong, who is a great writer for us, wrote a number of incredible stories, including a profile of a judge in the Ninth Circuit who's one of the most important judges in tech. You should go check that out. Uh, she just jumped to the New York Times, and we published her book, The Internet of Garbage, or an excerpt from a book and republished the whole book as a PDF, Amazon file, everything. Just check that out. Read it. It's We've been talking a lot about content moderation and platforms, uh, and Sarah's point in the excerpt is if you focus all of your energy on just deleting stuff and using copyright law to to stop bad behavior, you're going to make mistakes and be trapped in a cycle. I think it's just a really interesting point. Check it out. It's on the site right now. It's in the Kindle store. Just search for the internet garbage. By the way, the minimum price you can set in the Kindle store is 99 cents. We really yeah, want it to be just, free, um, but Amazon Amazon doesn't believe in free things, <laughs> except for free shipping, but you have to pay for Prime, so it's not really free. Yeah. Um, but anyway, check it out. Yeah. I just want to bring it up at the top, because uh, I have loved working with Sarah over the past year. I'm very excited for her to go to the Times, but the last thing we did with her was, was, was this book. She's been on the Vergecast a couple of times, too, so check it out. It's there. All right, let's start with Apple. Apple event. So, Invites events. came out today. Yeah. Invites came out. It's a, a golden circle. Or circles. Shaped in the, the shape of Apple Park. Yeah, it said gather round. Gather around, which uh, has me really uh, vibing on waiting for Guffman because <laughs> the play, the play within waiting for Guffman, the what like uh, what's his name, Eugene Levy comes in and he says, "Gather around, for I have news." Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, you know, Ooh. gather around. I mean, it's a reference to Apple Park is round. And yeah. So come join us. Gather around, for I have news. <laughs> it also could be an elaborate. Cell phone because it kind of looks like a wireless charging coil. Ooh, that's pretty good. Oh, Air Power. Mm. Yeah. Is. Air Power is that's, that's what happened to Air Power. They finally got the coils. <laughs> they were like, out. oh, they shouldn't be squares. <laughs> They've been trying to do wireless charging with squircles the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so the gather round, the invite was gold. You know, the the fun everyone had when a new invite came out happened on Twitter. Everyone mm-hmm. tweeted the same joke, which was the next iPhone is going to be round. Mm. Mine was better. I, I tweeted that they're they're just going to announce bagels because it's like a golden brown <laughs> color. Oh, it's good. Yeah. I do like bagels. I'd like to think that I was the first one to tweak the round joke, but I was not. <laughs> not no. even a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, immediately afterwards, the watch, the Series 4 watch and the iPhone... Excess like leaked. Like they just like yeah, no, they like are. nine to five Mac just flexed. They're like, yeah. oh, everyone's paying attention. Now's the time. Kaboom. They've got what look like basically like very Apple looking like official product shots yeah. of both devices or all three of those devices. And I mean what 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 did we learn? We learned that the iPhone ten thing is gonna be called the iPhone ten S, I guess. Yeah. But it's XS. It's in a lot. excess. <laughs> the iPhone in excess would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's an MG Siegler joke. I have to give yeah. him credit for that one. And then we learned that the Apple Watch looks really dope. Yeah, edge to edge screen seems like the same size. Although the the watch face was terrible on that thing. Yeah, the watch face. There's like eight complications on it. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. This is the time of year every year when I relearn what the word complications means. Yeah, because you're not a horologist. <laughs> Is that a, a watch person? That's a watch. Person. It's a watch person. Yeah, it's a lot. You don't visit Hodinky. Hodinky is great. Uh, I just read an article about how they built their business, and basically they realized like people come here to look at expensive stuff. So we just sell yeah. them expensive stuff. They'll just buy some of it from us, which is perfect. I love it. I love it. I love a good business story. Okay, so let's 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 start with the iPhone. I I guess okay. we have to call it the iPhone XS. I would like. I, so I was thinking this last week, and I forgot to say it on the show. But Apple is in a real pickle with these names. Like, yeah, right. They really got themselves in a bind. So they called it the iPhone X, but everyone calls it the iPhone X. Literally everybody. Then they have to make the next one. Mm-hmm. So they're at they're at iPhone XS. Yep. But it looks like XS. Then they also have the iPhone 8. Well, which I don't is, think there's going to be an iPhone 9 this year. But then there's that this rumor of this other phone. So there's right. the the XS, the XS Plus, and then this third LCD phone. That's oh, also maybe that'll have be an iPhone 9. So is that the iPhone 9? But it's going to be a big dual SIM phone. So it's it's a different product. So it can't be the yeah. iPhone 8s, yeah, because that t- blows their whole thing away. Especially if it has an edge head screen and a notch. So like, what is that going to be called? Well, what about a C? Because C connotes low end, so maybe it'll and it's the low end one is supposed to have a like not beautiful steel rim, but it'll just be aluminum, so it'll be a different color, mm-hmm. and they might do different colors on the back, so it'll be colors. So that one could be the iPhone XC. Okay. And by the way, is S a Roman numeral? So let me just C ask definitely you a is. Okay. Is the C capitalized or lowercase? <laughs> oh, God. It's got to be capitalized. They always do capitalized. No, the 5C was uh, lowercase. Oh, so it'll be, okay, it'll probably be lowercase. <laughs> Who knows? And then, okay, so that no one, like, already they're in a jam. What the yeah. hell are they going to do next year? Because they can't uh, be yeah. like the iPhone XI. Yeah, they sure iPhone they can. iPhone Vista. And everyone calls it the iPhone X. No one calls it the iPhone X. So they switched to 11. They've, like, ruined how cool the X looks. It's funny. I know there's going to be a better camera. I bet there's going to be a faster processor. All I really care about is the name right now. I feel like 11 from Stranger Things has really revitalized the 11 brand. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it's really pretty cool right now to be 11. Yeah, but they're going XS. I, I prefer Xs, like the plural. iPhone Xs? Yeah, the iPhone X. So S is uh, apparently in the medieval abbreviation, the S was used for 70 or sometimes 7. Okay. So technically, the iPhone XS is the iPhone 1070. Ooh, I like that. It's got yeah. a little trucker vibe to it. Well, well but <laughs> Roman numerals, it's it would be the larger number minus the smaller, so it's the iPhone 60. <laughs> well, no, it's the it's plus because it's 10 plus seven. So <laughs> this it, conversation is horrible. It's the iPhone 80. <laughs> <laughs> no, but think about. Think about oh, cause Final Fantasy numbers. I, I see what you're saying. You're right. It's 60. Yeah, it's the iPhone 60. Did you just explain Roman numerals by talking about Final Fantasy? <laughs> it's better than using the Olympic. <laughs> the Super Bowl. I also want to point out in this leaked photo of the iPhone 60 that the, the they're using this wacky, colorful planet. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Like I don't know where this image came from. It's just like a, a hyper-color planet yeah. rise. But they have it, like, the arc of the planet that they're using is just precisely at the spot so that you don't see the notch. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
It's great. Yeah. It's the most. It happy. also looks like if you don't see the fading away line of the phone, it just looks like a phone that's been put in the microwave. Just bulging. Paul's Paul's doing some home science. <laughs> like, what would happen if I did this? Okay, so we see that there's gonna be a, a new iPhone XS. Just yep. to keep it clear. One would assume the normal S stuff, right? Faster yep. processor, better cameras all the way around. Yep. What else can they do to this phone? There's been a rumor that they would remove uh, remove 3D touch. Yeah, so th- we got we got an earlier rumor from Bloomberg, uh, German and company put together their basically their guess of what there's going to be. So the iPhone 10s is there's going to be a 5.8 inch OLED, and then a high end 6.5 inch OLED. But then there's also going to be a cheaper model whose name we don't know, which will be the 6.1 LCD and probably dual SIM, and that is the one that will have colors. And we think that's also likely the one that won't have 3D touch. Yeah. I don't right. understand mm-hmm. why they would take 3D touch off of these phones. I, I don't understand why they'd put it on anything ever. <laughs> I like 3D touch. What? I use why? it for exactly one thing, which is moving the cursor. Okay. That thing, is, then wow. that thing is great. You know, you know the, you just, okay, fine. Sure. That, that is great. It is legitimately great that you can do that on iPhone. You can slide your finger on, on the space bar on an Android phone to do the same thing. Yeah, but you don't get that satisfying haptic... The, like the the okay. whole iPhone like taptic engine thing is legitimately great. No one has matched mm-hmm. it, and so you, you click down, you feel the clicks, and you like move the. Th- That's just like a good. It's a very Apple, very satisfying thing. Everything else about mm-hmm. 3D Touch, horribly confusing. Not least of which, uh, turning on the flashlight in the camera from the home screen, which more people tell me their phone is broken than not. They're like, I keep trying to turn on my flashlight and it doesn't work. I'm like, oh, yeah. You have to click it. And they're like, why? <laughs> like, it's like an immediate <laughs> response. <laughs> okay, so that's the, we're assuming the, the 10S, the, the standard yeah. 5.8 basic updates, right? Like the thing, basically a spec bump. I, I think it's going to be a spec bump. And I think we're, if we go in hoping for more, we're going to be disappointed. To me, the big question is can they get the camera up to basically like Pixel 2 standards? Because I do think that. The camera is, you know, of course it's very, very good, but I think that um, if there's one place where Google and maybe even Samsung a little bit are uh, really catching up and or surpassing Apple, it's in just raw picture quality. I absolutely Not agree. like R-A-W, but yeah. Uh, no, I absolutely agree. We were out the other day and um, someone was taking a picture of our kid with a, a Samsung, I think it was an S8, not even like a, a newer phone. Um, and the closer I look at the iPhone photos, the more I'm like, man... They're doing less smoothing, like they're doing less egregious JPEGy things, but the yeah. quality of these photos, when you look at them closely, is not there. So I really hope they bump up those cameras. And then a speed bump. And then the, so then there's a larger screen, iPhone 10, which we're assuming would be a 10S Plus. Yep. And that will have what the plus features. It'll have split screen apps the way that the 8 Plus and the other plus phones supported, right? That's yeah, it? and it'll be a 6.5 inch screen, which is huge. Yeah. It's really big. I don't think anyone ever made really good use of the sort of like split screen app stuff the the plus models offered. No, I agree. No one ever uses that stuff. But I would like if you would let me do picture in picture on an iPhone the way you can do it on an iPad or an Android phone, I would happily do that stuff. Yeah. So like Yeah, I don't know. I mean maybe, but uh, I, I just I don't think that they're they'll sell it on the size of the screen, they won't sell it on having great picture in picture. But you gotta be and able I to mean, they're, yeah. do stuff with the screen. That's what I mean. Like a, a huge screen is great, but yeah, Sam- do you use a uh, do you use a eight plus right now? Or you use a ten? But before the ten, did you use a plus? Yes. Yeah. 
And why? Because I really enjoyed split screening apps and the two apps that supported it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I loved it. It was my favorite. <laughs> I loved it so much. Every day I wake up and I'm like, oh, why doesn't Notes have a split screen view in landscape? <laughs> By the way, if they do offer that split screen stuff, the notch becomes like a gigantic, crazy problem. Yep. Right? Because you're going to be turning your phone and one of your two apps is going to like get notched up. Yep. Okay. Well, that's going to be fun for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait for like the most pedantic Apple bloggers to start doing pixel math on how much percentage of the left app gets cut off when you rotate your phone. Yeah. Um, do, do, you, do you think these phones are going to be like XS is like a thousand and XS plus is like $1,200. $1, I mean, that's where the note I bet is. It'll, it'll be 1250 I bet. Yeah. I think they're going to come in right at the sort of like note nine price. Yeah, but we're not going to get a, a cheaper iPhone 10. No, I think they're going to put out this other. Well, I think the iPhone 10 will go down. Yeah. Right? If history suggests the iPhone 10 will remain and just go down mm, in price. That's right. And then the whatever this new thing is will be like the low end of the line. It will probably replace like the iPhone. Will the iPhone 8 persist? That's like so it, many phones. It's a lot of phones right now. Like Steve Jobs came back to Apple and he like drew a square and he's like this is how many products we make and now it's like 45 iPads 64 phones I, don't, I can tell you if the iPhone 8 persists right if they can drop the yeah. 10 to that price point no it definitely persists they're gonna they'll drop that even lower they got to do they're they're making this 6.1 for India like they're like famously like the iPhone's not doing so hot in India right yeah um, they gotta they gotta keep as much as they can around to try and find some kind of solution for for that region. So I think they definitely do it. Yeah, and you think that one doesn't have 3D touch, but the the 10 model, the OLED models do. That's that's my guess, um, and I think precisely nobody will care. I think it matters that they're that they're they have a low end phone that looks a lot like the high end phone because people just want the thing that looks like the top tier phone. Yeah, mm. I think it says a lot that 3D touch has never made it to like the iPad. Maybe it's just like too hard, but if they thought it was important, it would be everywhere in iOS by now. Yeah, well, the iPad just ergonomically trying to do trying to do a hard press on an iPad seems bonkers. I mean, I've tried to do it to move the cursor around. Again, the only good feature of 3D <laughs> Touch, and there's other ways to do it, but I always try to do it. By the way, part of that Bloomberg piece that you mentioned, they said the iPad Mini will not be updated this time around. No, but is, there's another. There, the Mini is getting, but it's it, that's later. There, there's another Mac story. That's going to be the new mid-range MacBook Air thing. We don't mm -hmm. know what it's going to be called, and that's very confusing. Um, the and Mac there's Mini. going to be the Mac Mini, but oh, not yeah, the no, iPad Mini. Yeah. The iPad Mini, yeah, no, it's gone. It's, it's still it, it it continues to be sold. <laughs> that really is just <laughs> Apple's strategy. Sorry. It's like for we'll just sell this until people definitely stop buying it. Okay, let's talk about the watch. I mean, it was pretty shocking to me how much people were into it. How much, like, my, my initial reaction was, oh, yeah, that looks great. Like, they have turned the watch around. People feel good about the Apple Watch. Yeah, because it can send iMessages, and no other product can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there it is. But it looks great. I think the bigger screen makes the thing look just wildly more powerful. It looks like, again, these watch faces are going to be more complicated. I, I think a big question is the new—we've we, already seen a preview of the new watch OS, right, at WWC. So— mm -hmm. Is that going to change even more against a bigger display? And we, we just kind of don't know the answer yet. Yeah, I don't know. And at, so there has been there hasn't been a public beta, I don't think, but there has been a dev beta. 
Uh, but we haven't seen like the kind of like close analysis of like every little piece of what's in the beta that we usually get for the iPhone. So we haven't seen a whole that I've noticed a whole lot of like chatter that points to new features. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is like there's apparently now there's a new hole in between the button and the, the digital crown, which could be a microphone, could be something else. Who knows? I'm sure it's a microphone. Yeah. So you can make make those phone calls. Walkie-talkie mode is coming finally, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, which, uh, walkie-talkie mode is technically just a phone call. <laughs> it's the best. No, have we not talked about this? Yeah, yeah we did. I remember how okay. mad you were. <laughs> like, yeah. It just makes okay. a phone call. It just makes a phone call and silences it. That's all it does. I mean, uh, what more do you want for a phone call? Okay. I mean, look, that's like, I'm sure we're going to talk about it next week, too, because the event will be coming, but... The yeah. the amount of time between invites go out, everything is leaked, was it was like ten minutes. It was amazing. yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, so good uh, so, good okay. on nine to five Mac. But the way we're we're looking at this is we're expecting this event to basically be iPhones, Apple Watch, and hopefully Air Power. Yeah, and then we figure we know that there's new iPad Pros coming, and we know those new Macs are coming. We don't think we try and cram, they try and cram those into this event either. One, we think they they do another event in like October, right? I have a strong suspicion there's another thing in October. So I think yeah. the way the next few months plays out is Apple and on the twelfth, we think there's a Google event in early October, and then Apple swoops in mid October, suck all the air out of the room, right? I mean that that cool. would be if I was Apple, that's what I would do. And there'll probably be like two other events too, just just to screw with us, just because we won't be busy <laughs> enough. No one's going to sleep. <laughs> is it just me, or is like the idea of a slightly larger iPhone? The, the iPhone 10, my iPhone 10 is like I've already broken the back; it's like a mess. But it this is the first time that I haven't been like, oh, this phone already feels old, right? Like yeah, every every previous iPhone of sort of the the six design, and maybe it was just because that design lasted for so long. I was like, yeah, I don't. This is getting old. Like I could, I want a new phone now. This one, well, I just something about the iPhone 10 or iOS 11. Like I'm not getting the sense that like things are slowing down the way I used to. Which maybe some of that was psychosomatic, maybe not. And I'm definitely not getting the sense that the battery is degrading as much as uh, previous iPhones did. My battery is definitely not doing as well as it did in the beginning. But, oh, really? But right. I use. I mean, like that's like just my fault, right? It's like you use the hell out of my phone. So iOS 12 comes out. A bunch of iPhone 10 owners get a new OS. Are they racing to upgrade their $1,000 phone? Like, I think this presents like a big problem for Apple. Like, a lot of people just paid $1,000 for this phone. Are they going to get one-year upgraders, or is the cycle going to get even longer? They're going to get – they'll get enough. Uh, they might not get as many as they usually do, uh, but I kind of don't think that it matters because they're Apple and they're a trillion-dollar yeah. – or they were. I don't know if they are presently a trillion-dollar company. Yeah. To be clear, and this criticism every, yeah. is rooted in this is a great phone, right? Like, yeah. the phone's really good. I don't – it's not – I don't have any problems with it. So I'm just curious what they can say to, like, convince a bunch of iPhone ten owners to upgrade. More yeah. animoji. <laughs> It's such a good problem, though, for, from a consumer perspective. Yeah, it's a great problem from a consumer perspective. I just, it's, it's just new iPhone season, right? They have to like make it better in some way. Like, they, their line has always been the S generation is actually the bigger upgrade, and the S generation is always the one that sells even more, right? Like that. Yeah. They, they consistently have said S, S phones sell the most compared to the, their predecessor. But so. I think the 10 phone sold more than they expected. Yeah. I'm still on a 7, right? The 10 was exciting but not quite worth $1000 to me and I didn't I didn't know if I wanted to beta test the new interactions and stuff. 
But, you know, I've got a cracked screen, dying battery. I'm ready to upgrade. Yeah. So this is the generation I'll either hop in or I'll finally switch to the Pixel. Yeah. Yeah. You got used to that dongle life. I, get, I mean... <laughs> you were defeated. Oh, I haven't done I haven't done a dongle life update in a while. I got you know, I have the Beats X neck buds. Yeah. And one one of the ears died. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I only have sound in one ear right now. That's pr- been pretty rough. But I think the I don't know. Dongle life is whatever. I'm over it. It's good. And now your choices are a series of W one headphones or uh someone else's Bluetooth implementation, which is great. Sure. I love it. <laughs> Dieter put the Square Adds a Lightning connector to its mobile card reader here just to troll me. But yeah. it's true. <laughs> so let's like back up and give some context. So Square made a new version of their card reader dongle. Um, previously, they had two versions. They had one that plugged into the headphone jack. Uh, and then they fixed that one so it actually encrypts the data when it goes across the headphone jack. So that, that was nice. They've made that compatible with iPads and Chromebooks and Windows, like just laptops and whatever. And then they've released a new version a couple years ago that worked over BTLE and then that you could stick your card into it. But no, people just really like the little dongle. And so now they have another version that uses Lightning. Oh, yeah. But in order to use Lightning, you, gotta pay you a have tax. to make Eli mad. You got to pay an Apple tax. <laughs> Yeah. What do people want? They want a consistent hardware connection that does not rely on a battery. And so the market spoke six years after Lightning came out, and Square finally added this product that people have wanted since the headphone jack went away, and they couldn't push everybody to their $50 BTLE reader. And so now they're paying a tax to Apple for every Lightning product they shipped. And I just like, if you just look at the scope of interconnects on the iPhone, headphone jack aside, it was just... It was the only free hardware interconnect to the iPhone. And now it's gone. And so your choices are uh, Lightning, you got to pay Apple. If you use Bluetooth and you're a headphone company, you're at a disadvantage because Apple makes W1 and they won't give it to you. So your headphones will be less good than AirPods in terms of connectivity. Just yeah, Wi-Fi Direct is is impossible. Uh, it's it's slightly better on Android in some ways because you can like trigger a switch, but on the iPhone it's pretty locked down, so you have to like go into settings and join a random like network. Yeah. So that's not an option. Yeah, and then there's Wi-Fi, which is not good for many of these products, right? Um, you know, the, the future of uh, uh, interconnects that don't require Apple taxes are QR codes. I think. <laughs> I think you're just everything's going to communicate via uh, the camera app. I'm just saying they're the the, the most uh, valuable company in the world, and. Uh, they they're making their money by by charging rents and it's yeah it's just ugh. I don't know just guys you should anyway, be able to beam so, data by having the screen flash sort of like the way that you could beam data with infrared <laughs> no and you palm can pilots. do that you can point a, two phones at each other that's a standard they, called blink yeah you should we, that's what we should be using to <laughs> from now on Morse code from what, screen flashes <laughs> what, do you guys know the distinction of what if what if the iPhone just read another iPhone's NFC chip. Are NFCs like not bi-directional like that? I have like, no Because uh, no, I'm not. really into Apple Pay right now. I'm yeah. Apple Paying. My coffee shop upgraded to the Square Reader with the yeah. contactless payments and the chip reader. They they paid that the Bluetooth LE tax. And the Bitly tax. I, uh, the Bitly tax. <laughs> and I've been I've been Apple Paying everywhere, um, and I love it. Yeah. But if I could just bump phones, just, yeah, just get it done. You just bump. Well, I mean. Android can do it, right? You can, yeah. You can do all kinds of cool pairing stuff with Android NFC. Look, I'm not that mad about it. Like, I know the war is lost, but I'm just gonna be the one who keeps pointing out all the routes in and out of the iPhone. Apple's just there to make it a little bit harder for you. Okay, we're gonna have an ad. 
It's an audio clip. I don't have to read anything. So we're going to read that. Then Liz is going to do This Week in Elon, which is now a newsletter, by the way, that you can sign up for. So if you're interested in that, get on the website, sign up for This Week in Elon. Amazing, amazing illustration from Dami Lee is the header of this. Uh, and we're going to come back and we'll talk about Aoife. Check this out. Hi, my name is Carrie Byron. I'm a former myth buster, which means I'm a seeker of the truth. There are a lot of myths about EV batteries. Today, we're going to debunk some of those myths with a bona fide EV expert, Stulle Freudeland from Norway, where more than 50% of new automobiles sold last year were electric vehicles. He's a member of Norway's EV Association. All right, so my first question, we've heard that EV batteries die quickly. How long can I drive without recharging? Evermore. More cars are arriving to the market with more battery capacity, meaning range anxiety will be a thing of the past. Now, how do EVs perform in cold weather? I mean, I've heard that the batteries can peter out when it's really frigid outside. I think in general, they perform surprisingly well. I've tested so many cars doing this over and over again. Preheating the battery, preheating the car actually saves energy. Is it harder to reach a top speed when in an electric car? Well, you sure get there fast. It's like you reach top speed in terms of acceleration in a small amount of time. To learn more about going electric with Audi, check out AudiUSA.com slash e-tron. That's AudiUSA.com slash E-T-R-O-N. Hello and welcome to This Week in Elon. I'm Elizabeth Lopato, the deputy editor at The Verge. And by the way, if you want to receive This Week in Elon in your inbox once a week, you can sign up at TheVerge.com. Okay, so it's been a weird week in Elon, though I guess they're sort of all weird weeks in Elon lately. I'm very tired. Okay, so you may remember that Elon Musk tweeted on August 7th that he was going to take Tesla private at 420 a share. And then last Friday, around 8.30 p.m. Pacific time, blog post went up on the Tesla site saying, hey, actually, that's not going to be happening. We're going to keep Tesla public. We're going to focus on the Model 3. And, you know, this is too much of a distraction. And that would be a pretty strong response if it didn't seem like distractions were still getting the better of Elon Musk. And the reason I say this is because of his Twitter account, which honestly, like, this is like a, like, I, sometimes I wonder if, like, Elon Musk is enacting a PSA about why none of us should ever tweet, because you may remember the share price thing started on Twitter, too. It's not the only problem he's had on Twitter, right? Like, there was the bankruptcy thing, uh, the jokes about bankruptcy around April 1st. There's slamming the media, getting in fights with individual journalists. And then there's the sort of Thai submarine debacle where he called one of the people who was involved in rescuing the children who were trapped in a cave. Uh, He called that guy a pedo because that guy had made fun of the submarine that Elon Musk had built to rescue children. Just a lot, a lot. And, you know, that Friday statement could have been a really good reset. It could have been, you know, like Elon Musk goes head down on Twitter, like he doesn't tweet But it wasn't. So one of the things that happened is, you know, Musk was tweeting about the New York Times, which had characterized him as alternating between laughter and tears um, in an interview. And he says, for the record, my voice cracked once during the New York Times article. That was it. There were no tears. The finance editor disputes this. I'm sure. I don't know. I wasn't there. But that sort of led to this other thing that he did on Twitter, where he essentially implied a second time that the the guy he had gotten into a fight with around the Thai cave thing was, in fact, uh, a pedophile. He tweeted, "Don't you don't think it's strange he hasn't sued me. Um, then Wednesday... Um, 
That guy's lawyer tweeted an August 6th letter informing Musk that the lawyer is in the process of preparing a civil complaint against you. So there's that. Now, you might be wondering why Elon Musk is is doing this to himself. And in fact, I am wondering, too. But there's been this narrative that started with short sellers that explains it. Uh, And the narrative is that Elon Musk is erratic and desperate. That's according to David Einhorn, who is short Tesla. Now, you don't have to agree with that narrative, though you can, to see why Musk is acting out. Because if you don't agree with the narrative, then your impulse is to fight it. But you don't fight a narrative by, like, arguing with it. You, you fight it by having a better story. But it doesn't seem like Musk has that figured out. Like, look at, look at what he's doing. He's trying to justify himself, right? He's trying to justify, you know, the emotionality of the New York Times interview, saying, oh, no, I didn't cry. He's trying to justify calling the rescuer a pedophile. Well, he hasn't sued me. Maybe he's scared of discovery. Like, he's trying, he's trying to make himself look rational. But the thing that I'm not sure he's realized about a narrative about being erratic and desperate is that the more you fight it, the more it sticks to you. It's kind of like flypaper that way. So, like, the actual way to fight this narrative is really to go heads down on the Model 3 and, like, log off of Twitter and focus on making Tesla profitable. But I don't know that Musk is ever going to log off. He's, like, to me, become the embodiment of the, the drill tweet about never logging off. So uh, I don't know what next week in Elon looks like, but I am taking a vacation. And so Sean O'Kane will have to tell you about it because I don't know about you guys, but I just need a little break. Anyway, that's been This Week in Elon. Thank you very much. I'm Elizabeth Lopato, deputy editor at The Verge. Okay. So IFA is this week. It's a trade show in Europe. Mm -hmm. Uh, IFA stands for uh, Trade Show in Europe. No, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like the, what, it's basically CS for Europe. Lots of stuff going on. Do you want to talk about the Lots Thronos? Can, can we just start with the Thronos? The Thronos. Oh, the uh, the giant throne, the gaming throne. Yeah, I mean it's Acer. It's called the Predator Thronos. It weighs four hundred fifty eight yep. pounds. Yep. Uh, you sit in it. The screens, like you, it the- it like rotates. It's like. It's like something from Prometheus. <laughs> like that's every yeah. time I look at it. You sit in it, a huge bank of three giant curved monitors curves around you, and then it rotates you back. So you're like in a weird prone position. And then it has haptic feedback. So as you're like, you know, shooting stuff, like yeah. the, the chair kicks you. Uh, it is but the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. They don't have a release date. I don't think it's a real product. And I wish they would stop pretending that it is a real product. They should have just said, we made this dope thing. If you want one, give us a call. I think it's a real and, product. Okay. You just I think want they're going to sell product. four of them. I mean, like, <laughs> it's a real product in that they're going to sell it for like $15,000. And like 10 right. people will buy them. But like, it's a real product in the same way that like a Corvette's a real product, right? Or f- it's like, so it's the one that the, makes you want to buy constantly. And it's only really purchased by people having midlife crises. Is that yeah, but saying? other people are interested in them. So they buy a Chevy Cruze. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that works. Well, okay. So people buy three monitors sometimes, right? Yeah. So let's say people are willing to spend that much. Also people buy these like 400 to $600 like gaming chairs. So p- there, there's a market of people who are willing to spend about like $3,000 to three to $6,000 on these components. Yeah. So how, how much is the moving chair part is the question. Right. So now we're like talking motors. We're talking led light motors. strips. We got motors. Yeah, we got a bunch of buttons. I mean, if they sell this thing for less than 10 K, it's, so, it's so stupid. <laughs> I, I love it so much. So badly. 
Uh, this has been my dream to to live this life for forever, basically. Yeah. So you strap in, have it recline you, and then begin gaming. Yeah. Yeah. You. Yeah. Well, I. You know, I can imagine writing a, a novel in this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there are a number of people on the Verge staff where if I was like, hey, I'm I'm going to offer you the choice of replacing your fancy motorized ergonomic standing desk with a Thronos, they'd be like, yes, I will I will immediately take the Thronos. <laughs> uh, it's great. It's super silly. Heim did a video with it. Check it out. Heim Gartenberg, who normally yeah. is not like overwhelmed with excitement in this video, is like, I wish more people did insane things. <laughs> So he also does point out the Acer's pretty good at announcing things and then never shipping. Eventually getting around to shipping. Yeah. Uh, other stuff at IFA. Uh, there's a new yoga book from Lenovo. The, the, yep. the keyboard is an e-ink screen. And it's a uh, it's a thousand bucks. I used one. Vlad has a good hands-on video. It's a thousand bucks. The e-ink screen is uh, it's used for the keyboard, and they do a really clever thing where the there, instead of a you know touchpad on the bottom trackpad, there's just this little like lozenge, this little oval. Mm-hmm. But then when you put your finger on it to grab the mouse, the keyboard shrinks down and the trackpad goes over it. You move your mouse where you want it to. You take your finger off and then it goes back to the keyboard. So you can get a full size trackpad and a bigger keyboard in the same space. I like that. That sounds great. Yeah. That sounds great. But like. When I'm using a laptop, I've got hand on the mouse, hand on command C, you know, I'm yeah. like stealing no, yeah. code from Stack Overflow. Like it's like a, it's a two, <laughs> I, I would like, uh, my goal is to get really good at Vim commands and be able to just be one, just be all keyboard, but I'm not there yet. I, I don't know. That seems, it looks beautiful and it looks so clever, but like the last yoga book, it seems <laughs> mm-hmm. So in practice, so the other thing is the e-ink screen works as like a PDF reader, and you can also yeah, like do doodles on it, and they beam to Windows. Yeah, so it'll it it only supports PDFs now. They say that uh, ebook and .mobi are coming, um, which is annoying. Uh, you can draw on it and then copy and paste your drawings, or you can write on it and then it'll do OCR and paste that into Windows. So it's like the e-ink screen isn't running Windows. You can't just take any old app and like throw it onto the e-ink screen if you want. It's running some separate proprietary thing that communicates with Windows instead of being an actual part of Windows. Yeah. So I think that's how it works. But you can do stuff like you can if you have a PDF on there and you like draw a square around the thing you want to copy and then you paste it. If the PDF is color, it'll paste the full color thing, which is I don't know, neat, I guess. Um, and yeah, it is just tiny and skinny and beautiful and really well made. It's got two USB C ports, which is what it should have, and it's also got uh, an Intel. I think you get an M3 or an i5 processor on it, which is what it should be. But yeah, it's a thousand bucks. Like you really gotta want it. Are these the in- new Intel processors? Uh, they're seventh gen. They're not eighth gen. I uh, think. So, dear, you and they're used also it. Not, like Whiskey Lake. Yeah, for like ten minutes. How was typing? Better than you expect. Although I was using uh, prototypes, and just like the last yoga book, they hadn't dialed the haptics in, mm-hmm. and so you'd like type on it, and it'd just be like. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Yeah, you can't you can't do this stuff. This is why the 3D touch is good because of the haptics. Yeah, no, everyone needs to steal every fun. every computer manufacturer needs to look at what Apple did with a haptic engine, and then look in the yeah. mirror and be like, "We failed," and like yeah. compete. <laughs> It, it's just so much better. There's not, I think LG phones have reasonably good tap, like haptics, and everyone else is like a blurry mess that makes everything feel dumb and slow. Yeah. Could you do the sound again, Dieter? 
You remember it's the rumble right. packs you could get for the N64? Those like things that you plug into the yes. bottom of the Wave Bird. That's what that's 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 where most of the phone industry is these days. So the like new thing pack. instead of headphone jacks in Dolby Atmos should be bad haptics. That's a new site. If you have an idea for what a segment called bad haptics should be on the show, you have to steal that from Sam Byford. He is our our bad haptics uh, reporter. He's very angry about haptics all the time. Oh, and he's great because he has like a delightful British accent. That's our new segment. Yeah. <laughs> we get Sam to just rant and rave about bad haptics every week. It'll and be great. We, we have already got the the intro music for it. Me, <laughs> just now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I will say that uh, Dan Seifert reviewed an Asus Zenbook today, oh, yeah. and instead of a trackpad, it has a screen. It just seems like Windows manufacturers are like, all right, this bottom half, what kind of nutty thing can we do with that? And he was expecting that like screen trackpad to be horrible. And honestly, just reading the description of what it can do, where you can make it a full secondary display for Windows and put little windows in it. Yeah, like, they, didn't, amazing. they didn't have the right idea here. But he says it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does other things too. Like for YouTube, there's like a there's like a Chrome extension, so then you get these nice YouTube controls in the touchpad. Yeah. I had to check the byline multiple times to make sure Dan was actually complimenting <laughs> <laughs> a screen and a touchpad. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm looking at a computer with uh, a display on the keyboard that uh, is completely useless. It's called the touch bar, yeah. and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I would trade that touch bar for a little screen on the trackpad any minute. I feel like the dream has always been just, like, put your phone there. And I don't know why, because I know it's a bad idea. But I'm always yeah. like, what if this was just, what if I just put my phone there? And then I... 3D touch on that thing, and that's a see. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on the Mac, it's Force Touch, right? right. <laughs> the worst name. I know. Uh, it's just it's oh, just can, not appropriate. Before we get into some of the other EFA stuff, so there are a couple of at least two, maybe a few more Android Wear. Watch, I'm sorry, Wear OS watches. There's a new Skagen, um, mm-hmm. and then there's some diesel that's just massive. Um, the Skagit is based on the like fossil thing because there's a new generation of fossil. I think they call them Generation 2.5 or something. Uh, they're all still using the Qualcomm 2100, uh, which is a huge bummer. But we know Qualcomm's announcing a new processor soon, leading up to the Pixel Watch. And concurrent with all these like slightly newer generation of current, don't buy them 2100 Android or Wear OS watches. Google updated the way Wear OS gets navigated. They simplified it. Like yeah. the swipes are clearer now. Um, so it seems pretty obvious they're gearing up to like put out a Pixel Watch and really try and like save wearables at, from being completely owned by the Apple Watch. And yo, I don't think it's going to happen. Like <laughs> it's a very it's a very hard thing to do, right? But there's no there's still I made the video about this. There's still no good wearable for Android users. Full yeah. stop. So I, look, there's the processor problem and there's the size and weight problem. Fundamentally, I think the the Apple Watch is becoming a much better product overall. The main pe- thing people use it for is notifications and texting. That's And yeah. obviously the health stuff. Well, health, yeah. But the the thing, the reason you want that is because you get text message on your wrist and you can reply to them from the watch, right? Oh, so I don't know. I use mine, I mean, use, I use mine for the date. <laughs> uh, I use mine for time. I, mine, for me, it's it's health, like basic date and time and weather, and cal- next calendar appointment are important to me. And I'm trying to use it for HomeKit, but I'm getting really annoyed with HomeKit. Can I just say, HomeKit has a feature where, like, when everybody comes home, we turn the lights on, and when everybody mm-hmm. leaves, we turn the lights off. But for some reason, the Eero or something is not 
talking to my phone nicely, and so it the phone will drop off the network for like a half a second. And huh. then when that happens, the and then it comes back on, and every time that happens, HomeKit thinks I've either left or come home. <laughs> <laughs> And so my lights are just yes. turning on and off at will, whatever they feel like. It. You just, you're just oh, like you sitting around, this, everything just shuts down. You're like, what? Well, okay. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. How yeah. many Eros do you have? Uh, only two. I've got the main base station and the new plug that goes into the wall. Because I have a you know two-bedroom apartment. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering, because uh, your phone roams between them. Um, so maybe. Maybe, maybe it feels like it's dropping off and it roams between them. It's like a it thing. Could be. Well, look, be anyway, anyway what I'm saying to is... I point out Android Wear is coming, but don't buy this. The, the stuff from but, Epo actually looks halfway decent, but don't buy it. Wait. But what I'm saying is it's not going to be good until Google filters out messaging. That's why you want to buy these things. So you can oh. send messages, and you don't want to send some janky-ass text. You want to use the actual messaging client that you use, and Android Wear still quite isn't there for that stuff. And yeah, until they I sort mean, out messaging, the killer app for these is, you know, that I'm on my way right from your wrist. I mean, they've sorted out messaging by, I mean, we're waiting for RCS to roll out, number one. Uh, number two, they have quick replies available for pretty much every single messaging app. Messaging on Android and on Wear OS, if you don't use the default texting app, is way better than messaging on the iPhone or the Apple Watch if you don't use the default texting app. Fair. Same thing with mm -hmm. uh, Android Auto versus uh, CarPlay. Android Auto, like it doesn't, it'll, it doesn't show me all of the notifications on the home screen, which is good. But if I get a WhatsApp message or a Signal message or whatever, it still pops a notification. I can still tap it, still hear it played, and still reply. Yeah, which no. you cannot do on CarPlay. I'm with you. I just think maybe this interface stuff will change it. But I mostly. I just see I just see people using the Apple Watch and they immediately gravitate towards notifications and messaging because it's an obvious thing that thing does extraordinarily well. I don't Yeah, I think you're super wrong about both of those points. <laughs> no, it's just like it just does it off like there's no, you don't have any other choices, right? You're like locked into iMessage and like just does the thing and you're like, okay, I know I understand this. Google's no, thing is far more powerful, you're, but it's way harder to figure out. You're wrong about notifications being a good experience on the Apple Watch. You, they come in, you got to catch it right away. You got to swipe down to see them. They take up the full screen. Uh, they're just it's not it's not super nice. And I think you are actually wrong about notifications being the killer app for a watch. I think more people care about health than they do about notifications. All right. Well, if you agree with me, tweet it back on. If you disagree <laughs> with me, tweet it back on. <laughs> in, in the past six months, I've probably seen a hundred Apple Watches in the wild, and I've never seen one of them light up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, look, I'm, I think this is the old Beats thing where everybody's pretending to have a piece of technology, but it, really they just ran out of battery. They're Lagerfelding. Do you remember this? Mm. When the Apple Watch yeah, first yeah. came out, they gave one to Carl Lagerfeld, and there was a picture of him, and he hadn't set it up, so it was just the glowy ring. <laughs> Just Lagerfeld in it. It was great. Exactly um, case. Last EFA thing, tons of Bluetooth headphones came out. It's like a little out of control. Yeah. New Sennheiser truly wireless ones, which I think is Vlad wrote them up, says they're actually worth the wait. He really likes them. Uh, and then Sony, uh, the Thousand X M3s are out. Headphones that charge over USB-C, which is basically yep. their killer feature. There's like lots of new <laughs> things about them, but I have M2s and I like them, but they have USB-C, so I might upgrade I might spend another $300 on these. Did you guys see my tweets about Sony's uh, headphones app and how insane the, the user agreement is? I should have, yeah, I I should have like, put this on the website. You got to at me. I'll just at you next time. So uh, you can buy Sony headphones and put them, you like light them up and connect them over Bluetooth. You don't need this app. 
But if you download the app, it literally presents you with a privacy policy that is among the most insane things I've ever read. So you agree to waive any right to sue Sony. You agree to forced arbitration. You agree that what? Sony. Yep. You agree that Sony can collect data about what you're listening to and send it to third parties. And if you want to wow. opt out of all this, you have to send Sony a letter in the mail within 90 days. <laughs> what? And then what? They flash your, your I don't know. Headphone firmware. I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, this is insanity. I never had this problem with headphone jack headphones. Just putting that out there. Anyhow, let's read one more ad, and then we should Paul do your segment and talk about what's going on with Sonos a little bit. This episode of The Verge Cast is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. No matter what you do in the bathroom to get ready, Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. They have amazing shower stuff, hair styling products, toothbrushes, and toothpaste, and of course, razors and shave supplies. You might shave your whole body to get ready for a bike race. Dollar Shave Club's executive razor and shave butter can help. You might do your hair to get ready for your soccer match. Boogies by DSC can help you get your style right. The thing is, no matter what you do to get ready, DSC has everything you need. And right now, you can get ready with an amazing deal on any one of their starter sets. They recommend the Daily Essential Starter Set because they love the Amber Lavender Body Cleanser, but you can't go wrong with any of them. Head over to dollarshaveclub.com verge to pick up your own DSC starter set for just $5. After your starter set, product ships the regular price. And make sure you check out their new video, too. That is dollarshaveclub.com slash verge. One more time, dollarshaveclub.com slash verge. Paul, every week. Oh, yeah. This, this one's pure, unaffected by commerce. What's it called? That's right. That's right. You can't buy this one. <laughs> called, it's called Keyboard in the Front Club Ooh. Population 2. Ooh. So, if you had seen my tweets, I don't know. Um, but I, I um, so you know, Asus has that Zephyrus laptop. They put the keyboard in the front. I was super excited. Then they released a new Zephyrus. They didn't put the keyboard in the front. I was really sad. Then they went back to the keyboard in the front for the Zephyrus S. Yeah. But now Acer has. Th- this is part of the deluge of Acer news and general gaming laptop stuff at at IFA, Acer's Predator Triton 900. Oh, my God. So this is like a convertible. Remember those, like the hinges in the middle of the screen? Yeah. And it always looks impractical and really fragile. Uh, But it was kind of a popular, like like Sony did one. The Vio Duo did a Windows 8 convertible laptop like this. But this is a gaming laptop. That's a convertible, or, or, or basically the screen is repositionable, but it's got the keyboard in the front, which is all that matters to me. Because I think if you have a gaming laptop, you're not going to use it in a coffee shop. You don't need to use it on your lap. You want to use an external mouse anyway. So m- might as well bring the keyboard forward so you don't have to reach across a hot surface to, to use the WASD. But isn't the whole point to have palm rests? Yeah. there's If you don't have a palm rest, then your keys are up. You don't have any place to rest your palms that's what it that's why it's called a palm rest like do you do you put a, a block of wood in front of it do you just hover your hands over the keyboard because if you're an elite gamer you don't need to rest your palms i do think they shipped the original zephyrus with a wedge yeah they did <laughs> <laughs> we had it on the circuit breaker show it was wild <laughs> but i used it without a wedge now the zephyrus was really thin and this one looks a little high but think about i've used i use a mechanical keyboard without a, a, a palm rest in front of it often and a mechanical keyboard is hot is higher up than a typical laptop keyboard i think it's All completely right. fine if you need yeah. and again you know if you need more ergonomics uh you go, feel free and and 
put put something in front of this, but I think this is fine. I mean, I think if you need more ergonomics, what you need is the Acer Predator Thronos gaming chair, <laughs> which is the most ergonomic way to game. Wait, so you'll you'll just be using the Predator 900, yeah. the Triton 900, on, the, on the, the pad in front of you, and then all the monitors will just say no signal. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. No, on the <laughs> monitors, you, you know, you put up a couple of TV shows, get some Netflix going. It's okay. like a full immersive so. experience. I'm in love with this. I wish I went to E4. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. How much E-Ford is this thing? Front club, population two, no idea. <laughs> uh, it's got a, it's got a 4K. This is probably one of those like three and a half thousand. This is like one of those um, like statement pieces that gaming that often don't ship. <laughs> <laughs> no, at, at EFO, it's in a glass box. You can't touch it. Yeah. So. It's got a 4K screen with G-Sync. So th- it's, it's going to be up there. I feel like these companies are from a different time in gadget coverage. You know, like they they just like stayed in place. They're like, I don't know, what's that? The the fish that that like everyone thought was extinct, but it's still there. The coelacanth. And Acer's still doing the like glass box at a trade show thing. And everyone else Mm -hmm. is like, yeah, we we stopped doing that a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Real quick before I talk about Sonos, uh, Dieter put Old Man Yells at Cloud here, which is a direct reference to Trump tweeting about Google and saying Google and Facebook and Twitter need to be more fair to him. Uh, again, it's a little sideways for us. Uh, you can read the interface. Casey's been writing about it at length for days now. But we're starting to do the second episodes of The Vergecast. Uh, so we had Brad Smith last week, the president of Microsoft. Next week, uh, I actually just interviewed Tim Wu, who was the guy who coined the phrase net neutrality. He's got a new book coming out about antitrust. Uh, we actually get into that. So I don't want to see seem like we're ignoring Trump and Google like actually next week at the verge is what we're calling monopoly week and we have like six pieces about antitrust law and monopoly and how you'd regulate tech giants coming out and we have this interview with Tim Wu coming out probably Tuesday so I just want to like touch on it would you say that that coverage is going to like completely dominate the site and push out all competing coverage next week yes we're going to tie it (laughs) it's going to if you want our Monopoly coverage, you have to use our search engine. <laughs> That's the way that goes. So you have no choice. Uh, no other browsers will be able to use it except for Verge Browser 5000. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. We have to make Verge Browser 5000. <laughs> just like what, whatever's left of the WebKit engine, we just like skin it, call it a day. No, Electron. Yeah. Fork, fork the Brave browser. It's probably it's no. probably open source. Can right? you we should go back to Mozilla's original uh, rendering engine. Wait, can you make an Electron app based that is itself a self-contained browser? Think about yeah, what I'm course. saying. Yeah, there's yeah. What do you mean? Well, Electron is a web engine to rub web apps in. Could you yeah. can you build a web browser that then runs a web browser? Yes. Can you have Electron? You could build a web browser. I don't know about your last step. See, it's the last step. Of, there's a lot of electron-based web browsers, right? They use the Chrome rendering yeah, yeah. engine and they render random web pages. That's just fine. What is your last yep. step? That can you, can, can you build browser? a web app that is a web browser? So yes. you're running a browser inside yes. of Chrome. Yes. Like a JavaScript web browser, and then run that mm-hmm. as an electron app. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. just basically take a huge performance hit <laughs> for the sake of doing something well, stupid. Th- someone just released the Electron app that runs Windows 95, and that's got Internet Explorer in it. There you go. That's Verge Browser yeah. 5000. <laughs> I.e. on Windows 95 inside of Electron, <laughs> and that will crowd out Netscape Navigator. 
<laughs> and that's for browser five thousand. Anyway, look. Uh, By the way, hey, I, just, yeah. I, I need I need to I need to point something out real quick. I just wanted to see if anybody had done this, and so I did a very quick Google search, and my Google search was browser in your browser. Yeah. Turns out that the person who owns browserinyourbrowser.com is Joanna Stern. It's a website dedicated to <laughs> her dog named Browser. Oh, I remember. She made a she made a Wall Street Journal video about that. Yeah. She was like she was testing out like Squarespace and Wix and all that. Um, yeah. Anyway, look, I don't want to ignore uh, what is happening between our president and the big tech companies. There's a huge series of hearings, congressional hearings next week. Uh, yep. CEOs of Facebook, Twitter, Google, they're all going to be there. We're going to cover the hell out of it. I'm just telling you, the Vergecast, we're not doing it here. But check out the interview with Tim Wu next week. Check out Monopoly Week next week. Now let's talk about Sonos. Sonos put out a new amp. I'm buying the hell out of it. Also, uh, I've come to like really – so Sonos Amp is what you you plug external speakers into it, like regular external speakers. They've had one for years. I have one. The new one is more powerful. You know, It's designed to be rack-mounted. It's for custom installers. Most people will never buy this product. That's not what you want. You want like a Play 5 or a Play 1 or a Sonos 1. But here's my point about all of this stuff. The Sonos, like, breadth of its product line is the thing that will save it from Amazon, from Apple. Like, Apple is never making this product in a billion never. years. No way. They're nope. never making the Sonos amp. Amazon is never making the Alexa-powered Sonos amp. And so if you have Sonos, which is making, like, $200, play, like, Sonos One speakers, $600 speakers for custom installers – Everything in the middle, partnering with IKEA to go to the low end and sell like $40 Sonos speakers, and at the high end, partnering with the big AV companies to build receivers that work with Sonos. That dot, like that actually to me, like we've been talking a lot, like how will Sonos win? That's how they win. Like they're there at every segment of the market. I just don't see any other company like taking that approach. I have never owned a Sonos product, but this is really my ideal. Passive bookshelf speakers are not that expensive. And in my opinion, a, a decent pair of bookshelf speakers sounds better than any any crazy sound engineering that Apple or Google have done to bounce. We do bounce <laughs> shots and the sound, you know, and the, the bass is, changes your life and it leaves a ring on the table. You know, like <laughs> they've, they've worked so hard to out-engineer what already sounds amazing, which is two speakers that you do have to sit in front of to sound well, that you can just enjoy music in a very clear, life-changing way. And this right. this Sonos amp makes that very easy to pull off. Yeah. And, and if you really no want Alexa, you can just get a dot and it'll communicate. It'll You have to say play it on the living room or whatever you name the Sonos room. But you can mm. still get 90%, 80% of the benefits of buying one of Sonos' smart speakers by getting an amp, plugging in the two bookshelves, and throwing a dot next to it. Yeah, but no, but to do, you're now $1,000 in, right? Yeah. Like, it's a lot of money. No, like, I get it. Oh, maybe not $1,000. you are like $800 in. Like, 200 bucks for decent bookshelf speakers, a dot for 50 bucks. It's a lot of money, but yeah. um, I just, I don't see any of the other competitors realizing that people, like, have lives <laughs> and that like <laughs> you should build products to fit the entire spectrum of things you'd want to do and i think this is where sonos has a lead they also rolled out their new like api stuff and alerts which mm -hmm. i'm a little less excited about well the alerts are like you're not going to get notifications of like a tweet reply it's going to be if someone rings your doorbell the doorbell can talk directly to the sonos and the sonos can ring your doorbell 
I just don't like human civilization is two thousand years old, and I feel like someone's at the door is a solved problem. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> <laughs> like, do I want that? Like, I think that's like, w- that might be where they're they're starting to get a little fuzzy, right? They're rolling out if this and that integrations. So it's the same thing as Dieter. You come home, if this and that notices, like your garage door opened and your Sonos lights up. Yeah. Like, I think that's where it's going to get a little hazy. But they are trying to make, like, you have 500 Sonos speakers in your house, a platform for stuff to happen. And I think that's interesting. Well, I just think the ideas they have right now seem like... They're definitely the first ideas. Yeah. What's interesting, it's not just that Sonos has something for everybody, which is the really cliche way to say it, but they, they always give you some place to go, right? So you made you made this joke when you interviewed uh, the CEO not too long ago. Like the Sonos's like most important business value is that people on the whole tend to make more money as they get older mm-hmm. and they can buy more stuff. And if you have you buy the one cheap Sonos speaker and then, you know, I don't know, you make a lot of money and you're very lucky and successful and you want to install a home system, you don't have to leave the ecosystem and yeah. you can continue to just use Sonos. Whereas, you know, it used to be you'd have to like go buy a Crestron system and you'd, you know, cost, you know, tens of thousands of dollars and there was no like nowhere in between. And there's a very steady path from I'm just going to buy the one like nice speaker to I'm going to have my whole house full. Yeah. And, Nobody else is like willing to play at all those different price points and do and 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 support with the same ecosystem all those different propositions. Also, none none of the other companies. Well, I mean, Apple and Google are, but if you look at the other audio companies that support this stuff, the idea that they are a good software company that will be there for you is not true. So, like, there's a lot of like wacky Sony, Google Cast soundbars, and like, mm-hmm. there's really high end stuff. There's like five thousand dollar amps that support cast and it's just like i don't i don't trust this to not be a botnet in a year right (laughs) (laughs) i just get very like wary like i tiptoe around them and like at least i have a little bit of faith that sonos as a software company will like persist speaking speaking of the same thing like bose just put out a whole bunch of new alexa powered smart speaker stuff yeah uh casey had a good tweet he's like their assistant should be called bozo and you can just say hey bozo (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like one of their speakers has like a tiny little screen on it for some reason. Yeah, why not? This yeah. is the album art. Album art is very valuable to a lot of people. Innovation. To some people, it's a key part yeah. of the music experience. Th- and those people should buy a record player. I do think their soundbar looks dope. Yeah, I just I you know I have like QC thirty fives and they're like a good Bose product and every other Bose product to me is like a big question mark. Yeah, sharper image. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, wasn't that um. Uh, Bang and Olufsen. That's the oh, that's the that's mall the store that I coveted in my life. Yeah. I actually looked at you know those, they had those huge wall mounted CD players. Mm-hmm. They're like a Bo Sound nine thousand. I can't believe I remember this model number. I can't remember a face and a name to save my soul, but I remember <laughs> the Bo Sound nine thousand. It was like a huge. And I looked them up on eBay the other day because I have a problem. They still sell for entirely too much money. <laughs> We need to go back to product names having a thousand number at the end of them. Yes. Right? Like you said, the you, iPhone said 10,000. Yeah, Think about browser, it. browser 5,000, iPhone, yeah. the iPhone 7,000. Just call it that. Why not? <laughs> just go for it. Yeah. All right. That's the end of the Vergecast today. <laughs> a few things to plug real quick. Home of the Future is still going. Uh, wrapping it up, Grant Imhara. That show is doing great. I'm so excited people like it. Our video team worked on it super hard. We actually built a house with Curbed. Uh, so I'm really happy people like it. That's going on YouTube. Check it out. 
this week we did an episode on, on securing the home of the future. Uh, Bijan Steven, who's one of our new culture reporters, went to the last blockbuster in the world in Bend, Oregon. Watch this video. It's on YouTube. He went with the manager to a big box store uh, to buy videos for the blockbuster. And the big box store, <laughs> this is like adorable, they didn't want to sign the release and be on camera because they wanted to protect the blockbuster manager because mm-hmm. it's against the retailer's policy to buy videos and rent them later. <laughs> so it's like this little community in Bend, Oregon is like supporting the blockbuster. I love it. Watch that video. Bijan is great in it. Uh, read the interface, Casey Newton. Speaking of Casey Newton, converge Casey Newton. Just binge, listen to the whole thing. It's there on iTunes. Same with Why'd You Push That Buttons, season one and two. Why'd You Push That Button, season three. It's true. In production right now. So that's coming. Yes. It's going to be great. You can also follow us. We're at Verge basically everywhere. I'm at Reckless on Twitter. Paul is Future Paul. Dieter's Backlon. That's it. That's the Verge cast. Rock and roll. Wait, wait. I had a business idea real quick. Yeah. Imagine... It's called fake blockbuster and you walk in and they have different, the different sections instead of being like horror and mystery and stuff, there's Hulu and there's Netflix (laughs) and there's just like printed out cards. And so you and your friends can wander around and debate on what to watch based on what's on the different services. And then there's snacks up front. And then you walk out without a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Then you go home. No, you go go home. home They've got QR codes and you go home and you scan them under your TV and it launches the appropriate service. This oh, is great. Sure. Oh, uh, and then the store gets a cut of the the streaming revenue that uh, normally would have gone straight to the yeah yeah, which is like point zero zero ten cents. It's gonna be great. <laughs> you know what uh, what would actually be on those cards in addition to the QR code? What's that? Promo code. <laughs> <laughs>